Hi, ABC family. So glad that you tuned in to join us. My name is Gerald. I'm your discipleship pastor, and I have some important announcements for you today. This morning, it was in the upper 30s at my house. I could smell wood smoke and fresh coffee, and that told me one thing. The holidays are upon us. So the first thing we want you to know is that on December 17th, we will be having the ABC Christmas party. So mark your calendars. You won't want to miss it. Next thing, we have a women's event coming up on Sunday, December 5th at 3.30 in the afternoon. It is a favorite things party. It's a time for women to gather and enjoy refreshments and some fellowship. So please mark your calendars, ladies, and show up on December 5th. And finally, I want to remind you of Caring Angel Tree. If you have chosen to sponsor one of the kids in the community and love them in that tangible way, we ask that you bring your gift back anytime to the church office this week. The, the hard deadline for getting that in is November 28th. The church office will be accepting those gifts at any time. So thank you for loving and extending grace to our community in this way. Hope you have a great week. Glad you're with us. Well, good morning. Welcome to ABC. Thank you so much for joining us online. Uh, honestly, I'm really glad that you're here, and I hope that this message, as we jump into this passage in Philippians, is going to be helpful for you. Um, what we really want and desire for you, in addition to joining us online here, is to lean into community and to connect with ABC. As Gerald mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of opportunities coming up here as we head into the holiday season uh, for you to connect and be part of our community in a meaningful way. Um, in addition, though, we love to hear from you, and we actually have a, an app. You might have that already, or maybe you don't. If you don't, it's very easy. Go to the App Store and just type in ABC Church. And in the app is a Connect card. And in the Connect card is a spot to share prayer requests. If you don't have the app, we're going to just put this little QR code on the screen right here for you. And uh, you can just uh, highlight that with your camera, and it'll take you right to the site where you can type in some information. Um, we love hearing these prayer requests for two reasons. One is it gives us an opportunity to help when help is needed. And secondly, um, we really believe our job and responsibility as pastors and elders of the church um, is to shepherd our people and stand in the gap for them and to intercede for them. And so uh, it's a really meaningful time every week when we gather to be able to pray over the things that, um, that, that are going on in your world and in your life. And so we're honored to get to pray for you, and I would love to hear from you uh, if you have the opportunity or have the need to share uh, a prayer request. Um, go ahead and either do that in the app or scan this little uh, QR deal here and, um, and go into the Connect card and fill that out. And you can do that every week. Uh, we'd love for you to do that as often as you feel led and feel as appropriate and helpful. So this morning we are actually jumping into a very brief two-part series on gratitude. Um, this Sunday, as we head to Thanksgiving week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about gratitude. And next Sunday, we're going to have a, a time of sharing as a church uh, on campus here where we're having some open mic, time to just share, process, uh, remember, celebrate what God has done this past year and things that we can be grateful for. But I thought as we jump into Thanksgiving week, it would be appropriate to talk about fitness. I know you might think that's not appropriate, especially because it's like the one week you're supposed to have a pass. You know, where it's like, no, I'm supposed to just be able to lounge around all day and eat whatever I want, and I don't have to keep up my diet or keep up my exercise program. It's like Thanksgiving. Um, but I have a, uh, a plan on how to encourage our gratitude this week and this morning. Um, this is a tracking culture, isn't it? Like, we track everything. I've got this smartwatch. 
Uh, maybe you've got one of those smartwatches. It counts steps. It tracks like my sleep patterns, like how, <laughs> how many hours or very few hours I get of REM sleep or deep sleep. It tracks like your oxygen saturation. It tracks your, um, your uh, pulse ox and your, uh, what's that called? A ECG or EKG. Like it can track all this crazy stuff, like probably your perspiration, probably like how many times you swear. I think all the things are tracked in your tracking device now. Alexa's probably monitoring everything I'm telling you right now and I'll get ads later on my phone. But it's a tracking culture and I just wonder what it would be like if we tracked our gratitude. What if you could actually tabulate how many times you were grateful or how many times you said thank you? I think it's worth thinking about and especially as we head into this week because gratitude is a muscle that's worth exercising. In fact, gratitude is a muscle that needs to be exercised. I invited uh, our friend Josh Olson to join me this morning and uh, Josh is actually really good at push-ups. He, <laughs> you're stoked on this right now. So stoked. Uh, yeah, he was not so eager to do this, but he's taking one for the team. Josh is one of our student ministry staff, and, um, and we're, we're going to talk about doing grateful, gratitude, thankful reps. Can you go ahead and uh, show me what a push-up looks like there, Josh? Okay, so Josh is, look at that. Go ahead, do some more, man. That's great form. I love it. I don't know if you guys can see in the camera, probably because it's a sweatshirt. Like, he's got some bulging muscles right now. Josh has done some push-ups, and he's actually got quite good form. See, he's done some push-ups, done some reps or repetitions before, and his body is actually tuned to be able to do push-ups. And so, in normal life circumstances, he's doing some regular push-ups. And then we add some weight, and these weights are things like financial pressure or stress. And they get a little bit harder, but look, Josh is still doing push-ups. I'm going to add another five pound one. This is like maybe relationship stress. So then I'm going to add another one. There we go. Good. Now i got a 10 pounder. This is like something super heavy. I'm going to add another life circumstance and see if Josh can. Look at that. Man. Good job, Josh. Let's give him a hand. He did amazing under pressure. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Josh is doing push-ups under pressure, under stress, because when it wasn't stressful, when he wasn't under the weight, he had done the reps. And when we do push-ups, when we do those reps, when we express our gratitude, we practice thanksgiving, we do reps of gratitude, we're able to be able to exercise those muscles when life's pressure starts to bear down. I'm gonna grab my notes over here. So it's an amazing thing to think about. The exercise muscles, the muscle memory, the rhythms and the repetitions that we practice or don't practice as part of our normal routines and how that impacts our life and circumstances when things get challenging. Gratitude is a muscle that's worth exercising, just like doing push-ups. You gotta do it when the weight's a little lighter to be able to practice and be able to do it when things get a little bit heavier. Would you turn with me to Philippians chapter four? There's a passage uh, in this letter to the church at Philippi. We went through this uh, letter, by the way, this past year. I don't know if you remember. Um, but it was such a fantastic time as a church just to, just to hear this enduring uh, thought process and admonition from the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. But I want to revisit this morning this, this passage in, in Philippians 4 because I think it really illustrates this idea really well of the repetitious gratitude that God has called us to. So let me read, follow along with me. Chapter four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, it's such a fantastic message to the church. In fact, um, I think we would do well this week as we head into Thanksgiving and spend some time around the dinner table, hopefully spend some time with extended family and friends to sit in this passage this week. If you don't have something you're already reading or tracking through as a devotional, I just encourage you, take the first nine verses of Philippians chapter four and, and process through them, meditate on them. Allow for God to saturate your heart and mind with the message of gratitude that, that sits here. So, so may this morning just be a primer for you. May this be a kickstart to your week of experiencing, expressing gratitude. So in verse, um, in verse six here, I want to point something out. Um, there's several commands here in this passage, and then there's some method. So there's some clear things that, that Paul is saying, do this, and then he's saying, here's how to do it. And so I want to just show you real briefly um, what does it say in verse 6? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. For simplicity's sake and to sort of process through what is he actually saying for us to do and how, I want to flip. I'm going to invert this verse. And uh, there's some funny things about the, um, the Greek sentence structure um, for those of you uh, grammar and, and uh, linguistic um, students, uh, the subject, verb, object, order in Greek is very different than English. And so I feel we have permission and in fact could prove helpful for us to invert this. And I want to just use the same exact words in a different order and read them this way. So listen, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known in everything by prayer and do not be anxious about anything. So do you see, just flipping the order, it's a process that we could follow, a pretty clear prescription with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known in everything by prayer and do not be anxious about anything. Let me just paraphrase this. Using grateful language, pray to God about everything and do not be anxious. Do you hear how this is just a clear um, sort of method on how we pursue this idea of gratitude and what that gratitude does to anxiety. Using grateful language, pray to God about everything and don't be anxious. And the outcome is that gratitude lifts anxiety. Now, I don't want to overstate that and I don't want to undersell this idea of, of anxiety. It's a very real um, emotion. It's a very real problem for people and can be very heavy. And I think it, in terms of um, understanding, fully, completely understanding anxiety, how to overcome anxiety, um, we're just scratching the surface. So I don't want to overstate um, this method here. But what I do know Paul is saying is that praying to God about everything is a really good start. So dealing with anxiety, no matter what degree or extent or length of time you've been dealing with anxiety, um, can be addressed in part by starting with praying to God about everything. It's an echo of what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, where he says, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or drink or what clothing you'll wear. Your heavenly father knows all of your needs. And so pray about everything. And then he gives us an example on how to pray and kind of walks through that for us. 
If you were to ask me, how do I tackle anxiety, feelings of anxiety, overwhelming thoughts, immobilizing thoughts of anxiety, I would say start by praying about everything. That sounds maybe overly simple for you. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the humorous example that comes to mind is that, remember that uh, movie, What About Bob? And, and the therapist tells Bob, baby steps, Bob, baby steps. That's how you start to cope with anxiety, that you would go to God and start to pray about everything. Sometimes that means literally praying, God, would you help me to know what word next to say? God, would you help me to get myself out of bed? I need spiritual strength, supernatural strength to get myself out of bed. Would you help me to do the next task and the next one? Would you help me just to drive to work or just to make that phone call or just to send that email? That we would pray to God literally about everything. I think that's what Paul is after here in this passage to the church is saying pray about everything and watch some of that anxiety start to melt. But not just prayer. Not just spewing thoughts. It's grateful prayer. I think that's an important difference. This isn't wallowing or or moaning or venting necessarily or complaining, although there's a time and place to just get out what's in your heart. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about grateful prayer, rhythmic, content, and thankful thoughts. We have this uh, sign up on the wall in our living room. It says there is always, always, always something to be thankful for. Isn't that true? I mean, look around. Sometimes you have to look a little harder than others. Sometimes you have to see through some of the circumstances a little further than, than other times. But if you look for long enough, if you stop and think for long enough, there's always, always, always something to be thankful for. Start there. Start with that one thing. Start with the one area of your life that you think this has been taken care of. God has provided for me. I have, um, I ha- I have a bed. I have clothing. I have food. Whatever the thing is that you look and identify and just say, I am thankful for this. Find that thing and then begin praying to God about everything else. With thanksgiving in your heart for the things that he's already given you. Look at verse 7 with me. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This phrase, these three words right in the middle of that verse, surpasses all understanding, is a lifting of our perspective. And I think that's what gratitude does. Gratitude lifts our perspective. So not only does it lift anxiety, it begins to start to um, melt away some of those anxious thoughts and provide a path forward some baby steps forward. Now it's lifting our perspective, surpassing all understanding. And our gratitude in this case will be met with the peace of God, it says. The peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. The amazing thing about peace, at least God's peace, is you can't really explain it. There's no real tangible explanation for the feeling that comes over you when you truly and authentically experience the peace of God. You can't reason with the peace of God. It doesn't make worldly sense at times, and you won't always necessarily understand the peace of God. But when it comes over you, when this rush of surpassing peace floods your heart and your mind, there is no way to talk yourself out of it. You know it's there. It's very real, very present. And when it arrives, there is no offense that can breach the protective shield of God's transcendent peace. For his peace, I just love this. Look at this again, verse seven, the end of verse seven, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's a spiritual protection. It's a, it's a shield. It's a force that will protect you. It's similar to what we talked about last week. Last week was our Awaken conference for students. And if you missed it, you need to go back and watch the live stream from last Sunday. Um, we had a guest speaker. His name was Jackson. And Jackson shared from Colossians chapter 3. And he talked about this idea of being hidden in Christ. That when we have this new identity, because of what God has done for us, because God, uh, God's act, God's sacrifice for us, makes us who we are. That we're called children of God. And now as children of God, we're hidden in Christ. That we're now seen as holy, as um, lovable, as lovely, as righteous, that God has hidden us in him by the work that he did. Not by what we've done, but by what he's done. A beautiful message in Colossians chapter 3. This idea of being hidden in Christ is the same idea of the peace of God guarding our heart and mind here in Philippians chapter 4. Listen to the similarity in the language. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Good picture. What a helpful image. Let the peace of Christ rule, reign, have power, have authority, have freedom to move in your heart to which indeed you were called in one body. And then he says, this is Colossians 3.15, not in Philippians 4, be thankful. Just a couple verses later, the theme verse from last weekend, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. There's this prominent theme both in Colossians and in Philippians. Be grateful, be grateful, be thankful, give thanks, use grateful language, and God himself, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, things we can't explain, the way he does it we don't necessarily understand, will lift you to this transcendent peace that will guard and protect your mind that will stand firm against the enemy, that will stand against the lies that you may be tempted to believe. It'll offer this transcendent perspective. And here's the amazing byproduct. When gratitude lifts our anxiety and when gratitude lifts our perspective, it begins to lift others. And that's an amazing byproduct as you start to take these steps of being grateful for everything and giving thanks in all things and allowing for God's peace and love to transcend, to lift you up and to protect you and guard you, it starts to lift others. Look at what it says in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. I really am curious about this word reasonableness when I read this. And I asked the question, what does it mean for my reasonableness to be known to others? That um, people would look at my life, my behavior, my approach or perspective and say, man, that guy's really reasonable. I think a better word as I kind of dive into the original language is uh, this word moderation. That my moderation would be known to others. My consistency or my steadiness would be known to others. I would love, and I don't know about you, I would love to be known as the guy that's just consistent that's uh, stable and steady in pressure, in difficulty, in trial, that people would look at my life and go, man, that guy is just so consistent. 
it's probably one of my greatest frustrations about some of the trials or challenges I've been through in life is you look back and go, man, I was all over the map, up and down. And I love this idea that there's a thread running through our story, running through our circumstances that can and will maintain consistency, steadiness, and in Paul's words, reasonableness that will be known to others that will start to lift their perspective and they'll go, man, that's the kind of behavior I want to have. That's the way I want to live. That's the peace I want. That's the steady nature I want to pursue. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. When I was a kid, I, I memorized this verse um, and I, I honestly believed it was from the Psalms. Just because of the rhythmic repetition, you know, and, and just believing that this is, you know, probably meant to be a song or meant to be sung. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And, and in fact, though, this phrase comes from a, a rather stern letter from a pastor, from a shepherd that was concerned about people. It's written from a spiritual father's perspective to people who were quick to worry, who were prone to quarrel, and they were tempted to nitpick. And so Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. In fact, this in and of itself is a repeat back from chapter 3, verse 1, where he writes, rejoice in the Lord for the first time. He says, to write the same things to you is no trouble for me, and it's safe for you. Go back and look at verse 1 of chapter 3. It's so helpful. He says, it's not a problem for me to say this again. In fact, it's really important that I say it again. Probably helpful for you that I say it again. And I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it again. You start to see these reps, these push-ups that Paul is just saying, practice rejoicing, practice gratitude, practice thanksgiving. Continue to look for every place that God has provided and point to those things in the midst of adversity because when you do it in the midst of joy, when you do it when things are not hard, when you don't have weight on your back and you start to do those reps, those push-ups, the muscle memory kicks in when the weight gets added and the things of your world, the circumstances of your life start bearing down on you. You have relationship trial and challenge and financial burdens and you have a hardship um, when you start to think about health dynamics and long-term future and where you're supposed to move and career choices and all the things that start to bear down on you and you think, I'm so anxiety-ridden by all of the circumstances in my world, but I've been practicing gratitude and so I'm going to keep pushing up because I've exercised that muscle the way God had intended. And so Paul says, practice it. Do it again and do it again and do it again. Gratitude is a muscle worth exercising even if you're not in the midst of challenge or trial. Push them up. Just keep it going. Practice. It's like doing push-ups. We need the reps. A few years ago, um, found myself uh, in the waiting room down at, at Sierra Vista with a family who was saying goodbye to their teenage son who was in a tragic accident. And probably one of the most challenging, painful circumstances that um, I had been in to date, watching this family endure this tragic loss. And I remember so clearly, and I'll never forget, the joy, and I, and I use that word carefully, but specifically joy, of this father's eyes as he chose his words so carefully to say God is good and he began to share grateful stories, grateful thoughts, thankful language 
of the joy that God had given him through his son and his relationship with his son. And I, I believe when I read this passage and, and I hear the, the word um, transcend, that, that the peace of God would overwhelm us, that he would lift our eyes, that he would transcend us from our circumstances, lift our, our eyes, our hearts and minds outside of our own circumstances. I believe that's exactly what was happening in this scenario as I saw this father speak gentle, kind, and grateful words about his God, about his family, and about his son. And something struck me. In that moment, I realized this was not the first time this father had ever expressed gratitude for his circumstances. This was not an unexercised muscle. That that man had been sharing gratitude. That man had been celebrating the joy of Christ that that man had been attributing and giving glory to God for his circumstances for years prior to that. He'd been doing his reps, doing those push-ups, so that when the, the darkest moment of his life came, when the most painful circumstance fell upon him, when the weight that, that would crush most of us descended on his back, he was able to keep pushing up and saying, but God, I'm grateful. But God, I'm thankful. I can continue lifting up because I know that you have something greater, a transcendent peace for me. And he had an ability that many of us, I don't know, would have because of his practice, his rhythm of gratitude. He was ready when the heavy lifting came. And in that moment, in the waiting room at Sierra Vista Hospital, his gratitude lifted anxiety. And his gratitude lifted perspective. And ultimately, it lifted others. Everyone in the room starts to be lifted by these grateful words of a heartbroken father. I'm not saying or suggesting that your circumstances ought not matter, that you shouldn't feel pain, or that you should try to power through loss or grief. We need to feel heartbreaking feelings when we endure those things. What I'm saying is that the more we practice this grateful perspective, that in those moments we can carry on, we can continue, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, peace of God that won't make sense to the world, the peace of God that's hard to explain to others, the peace of God that you can't argue with, peace of God that sometimes looks even unreasonable will surpass all understanding and it'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's uh, one more line I want to point you to here in this passage. At the end of that phrase, where he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone, talking about lifting others' perspective and, and allowing for your steady countenance to be a testimony to others, to lift their own anxiety or to lift their, their own perspective. He says this very, very important line, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. God is there. God is present. God is moving. God is active. And it's so important that he said the Lord is at hand. When we talk about the reasonableness, when we talk about the transcendent peace, when we talk about lifting our perspective, talk about lifting others, because when he gets to this part and says, 
that the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. We need to believe that the Lord is on his throne and that he's capable and sovereign and working, that the Lord is in fact at hand. If you get nothing else from this simple message on gratitude this morning, I hope you walk away believing that God is at hand. The Lord is at hand. He's present. He's right there. Moving, working, seeing, watching, hearing. He is not absent from your circumstance. Having said that, there's a possibility that the weight of your circumstance feels so heavy that it it may have pushed you to the floor. That you may be sitting right now proverbially in your push-up position with your face to the floor and feeling like there's no possible way that I could actually push up, that I could lift these circumstances because they're so heavy, so challenging, so hard to bear that there's no possible way I could push up in this environment. I get that. That's possible. And, And I'm not... I'm not talking down to anyone who finds themselves in those circumstances. And and I don't want you to hear me saying, well, you should have just practiced gratitude or you should certainly just look up. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that God has provided some very small steps for us to look around and to try to seek gratitude in the midst of the hardest and trying circumstances. But there's something more here. And he's addressing this body of Christ. And he'll get there later. We don't have time to go in there. But Paul is saying there is a family of God. There is a body of Christ that allows for us to endure the hardest circumstances in life that will ultimately produce gratitude. That when you find yourself with your arms bent back and your face is pressed to the floor and you simply cannot push up your circumstances, that you would be willing to say, please help, please help, I can't do it. Because that's the beauty of the body of Christ. That's the beauty of the church. That is precisely why we're here at Atascadero Bible Church because we all find ourselves in those circumstances when there is no possible way, humanly, to push up and God provides the spiritual power and the spiritual help, but more importantly, he provides the spiritual community to help you push up. And if you're in that place this morning, if you're watching this and you hear me walk through things like anxiety and other things and you go, you have frankly no idea what my circumstances, I get that. I don't know. But what I do know is that you're in the right place, that we can help. What I do know is, is you can ask for help, you can reach out, you can call. Because we can actually pray, friends, family members, church members, brothers and sisters in Christ, we can come alongside those moments and actually pray those prayers of gratitude for you on your behalf and with you. And we can actually reach our hands, slide them under those weights and pull up on them and help you. It's like a spotter when you're trying to lift weights. Sometimes you just need someone to give a little bit of help to balance the weight out a little bit so that on your way up as you're continuing to lift, it's not as if others can do all the lifting for you. There are things we have to endure and walk through, but when people are there coaching you, encouraging you, cheering you on, providing a little bit of spotting, and then praying those prayers of gratitude for you and lifting your perspective, that is the beauty of the body of Christ, and that's precisely why God has designed his church the way he has, as a family to walk through hard things together. Let us help. 
If that's where you are, if you're there right now, I just encourage you, reach out, please. Call someone that you know from the church. Call a friend or a family member. Call the church if you need to call the church. We would love to sit with you, listen, process, pray, walk through some of these hard things with you. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. And for others, as you're watching and you're thinking about your own context and heading into a holiday season, frankly, your load may feel kind of light. When we talk about some of these things, you might think, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I think it's helpful to be grateful, but um, I'm not an ungrateful person and I got a lot of great things going in my life right now. And so I, I get it. I'm just encouraging you in this moment to look around you and see who might be under the pressure of the weight of the world. Would you look around and pay close attention to those in your world, the people that you work with or your neighbors or the people in your small group? or people on Sunday morning that you interact with at church here, when you come down to church, that you would look around and say, man, it looks like they're being crushed by the weight of the world. Maybe I should go help them. And I'm asking you to look around and go offer to help. Sometimes it's hard and we think, well, that's presumptuous. You know, they don't need my help. Ask anyway. And if, if, you're, if you're in that season where things are relatively light, where push-ups feel easy, my encouragement and my admonition for you this week is to practice those reps. Exercise those muscles. Be a grateful person. A person who becomes steady and consistent so that when those weights come, when you do become pressured by the weight of your circumstances, it becomes easier and easier to continue lifting up because you've been exercising those muscles. You've been practicing gratitude. And God will use those toning circumstances, the training of our muscles to strengthen us as we strengthen others. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind as you move forward. Gratitude is a muscle worth exercising. I want to I wanna just close with a, sort of a benediction um, I didn't get to verse 9 here. As I said, if you want to study a passage, I mean, might as well go all the way to the end of the, of the chapter if you're going to study chapter 4 this week. But, um, but verse 9 really provides a capstone for this whole idea. I want to read this um, sort of as a benediction for you this morning. What you have learned, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi, what you have learned, what you have received and heard and seen in me Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Which is this continual theme. Practice, repetition, again and again. Get in the habit. Exercise those muscles. Work out your gratefulness, your gratitude, and do so this week. As we head into um, in the next weekend, uh, we're going to have an opportunity um, to do some of those push-ups together. Not literally, unless you want to. You come on down anytime. We'll, we'll do some push-ups with you. Uh, but Sunday, um, next week, the Sunday following Thanksgiving, uh, we're going to have a, a live sharing time. And what we want to do is provide some time and opportunity for everyone in our church to reflect and remember what God has done in their life, things that they are grateful for. And so it's a tradition we've done for years at ABC. We're keeping the tradition going strong. This Sunday, we're going to have an open sharing Thanksgiving time. We'll have some worship throughout that. We're going to revisit some of these uh, thoughts in, in Philippians 4. 
um, together real briefly, but what we want is for you to be able to share the testimony of God's faithfulness to you, the way that he's allowed for your perspective to be lifted, your anxiety to be lifted, the way that he's lifted others through you, and to celebrate that together and be able to experience a, an amazing, uh, grateful, gratitude Thanksgiving service together. So join us next Sunday on campus if you can. Um, we have an 8, 9, and 1045 service. Um, the 8 o'clock and the 9 o'clock service are both going to be indoors, and the 1045 service will be outside in the, in the lot out here, um, but still with the open sharing time. So hope you can join us next weekend. Um, finally, one other mention, after that weekend, so first weekend of December, um, we're jumping into a Christmas series, an Advent series, um, where we're going to look at three shadows of the coming of Christ. Three foreshadowing stories in the Old Testament. We're calling it shadows. That's our theme this year. Shadows of the coming Christ. And so we're going to look at three Old Testament stories in the way that they foreshadowed the coming of Jesus with Christmas. And so you don't want to miss that. Uh, join us in December. And as I said before, tons of events and things going on next month that you'd love to get involved in. Uh, we would love for you to get involved in. I hope you'd love to get involved in. And uh, we'll see you back here real soon. Thanks. Bye.